Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. Let's get right into the message. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 1 through 19. I'm going to do my best to read this whole thing um, without messing up. And uh, I, I'm coming to the realization that I actually need glasses. And uh, I just refuse. I'm refusing to wear them. I, so I have them in my car right now. I should have brought them in. But all right, so let's read this. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for, for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women. So the way was the believers back, back then. The way was those who were following Christ. Um, <clears throat> now as he went on his way, he, uh, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said to him, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him, in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at that house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he, is, here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying, laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, God. We, 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 we have reverence for your word. We honor your word, God, and I pray that we would see the value of this word. I ask that you'd speak to all of our hearts, God, regarding this message. Lord, open our eyes to see who you are, God, and what you want to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Really, this, this, is, this is such a significant moment because we all know Saul, he, well, maybe you don't know, but Saul eventually becomes Paul, and, and Paul is a very, a very uh, prominent figure in, in Scripture. He writes a lot of the books, and, and he's, he's really, we point to him, a lot, of, a lot of what we believe is found in his books. And so he, he's a very, very significant instrument for the Lord. But before then, he was known as Saul, and he was a man who was persecuting the church, and he was a man who was destroying the church, and he was doing it with a heart of zeal, and he was doing it really thinking that he was doing what was right. And so he was doing his very best to work for the Lord, not knowing he was working against the Lord. It was like this obvious thing, was it was right in front of his face, but he just couldn't see it. See, before Paul became physically blind by the light, he was spiritually blind, and he couldn't see what God, what God had already done through Jesus, and he couldn't see what he was doing through the churches. Have, have you ever missed something when it was right in front of you? My wife will ask me to find something. Can you go get this? It's, it's in, I don't know, the, the, the kids' room. Go get Liam's shoes. Okay, I'm going to go find Liam's shoes. Babe, I, I, I have no clue where these shoes are. I'll search and search for the room. I'll look everywhere there is to look. Can, they, can anybody relate with me on this one? I look everywhere, and it's not there. Like, babe, listen, can he just wear different shoes? Because I can't find the shoes that you want him to wear. No, they're in there. No, they're not. They're not in there. And, of course, she goes in the room, and she goes to the dresser, and they're right on top of the dresser. Because I miss those things. I've, I'm often the one to, 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 to miss what's right in front of me, oftentimes because I'm looking too deep into it. I, I'm trying to figure it out too much. I'm trying to find it in a different way. But the truth is, is that we, we do this with the spiritual things of God. 
He'll stand right in front of us, revealing himself to us, but we're so distracted by everything else that's around us, trying to figure God out instead of surrendering our mindset to him, that we really are walking with spiritual scales over our eyes and remaining and walking in darkness, not knowing that there's, some, there's more to God. There's more depth to him. There's more to know about him. There's more love in him. There's so much about God that we do not know. But the truth is this, that God wants to be revealed. God, he's not up there hiding from you. God is not trying to hide himself so that you never know him. It's, it's his heart. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Jesus died. He rose from the dead so that we can be connected to the Father, so that we can know who he is. Because he wants to be revealed, right? The scripture says this in Colossians 1, 24 through 27. It says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. That, that the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make, make, make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says it was once a mystery, but God wants it to be revealed to the saints. God wants himself to be revealed to you. He's not hiding. He wants to be known. But we miss God because we're blinded spiritually. We don't, we don't really want to see because it's uncomfortable or it'll cause change. But there's more to God, and I want to see it. There's more to who He is, and I want to experience Him. I want to know God. I, I, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I've decided in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself, okay? I'm trying to become more disciplined. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to read more books. Any, any, come on now. It's, it's not easy, but I'm trying, right? Um, and something I, I decided to do, I was listening to this, this, this uh, podcast, and he was like, man, if anybody really wants to find their purpose in life, they have to discover their why. Why are you waking up in the morning? Why are you live? Like, what is your purpose? Why do you go to work? Like, well, it's to make money. Well, why do you make money? What is the main why of your life? I've decided for myself that my why for every single day that I wake up till I go to bed, my why is going to be to know God more than I knew him yesterday. Am I accomplishing that? Not all the time. Do I try? Absolutely. But there's more to God and I want to see it. Do you want to see it? Do, do you want to see the depths of God? Do you want to see all that he is and all that he can do through your life? Listen, if you're looking for a church where you could just come and leave and be the same, you could do that here kind of, but really what we're, what we're building and what we're doing in people is I, I want you to walk away saying, I can be used by God. My life can make a difference. I don't have to go. When, where I go, things change. I want to know Him. I'm, I'm not okay with, with this this surface level Christianity of like, oh, just do what's right and, and be a good person. No, I want to know God. What a waste the cross would be if we never pursued the Lord. I want to know him. In, in Romans eleven thirty three 33 says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how un indescribable are his ways. He's this deep, deep God that wants to be revealed. But in order for God to be revealed to us, we have to come to the hard truth that we may have scales over our eyes. There may be some things in our life that is hindering the clarity and the truth of the Lord to be revealed to us in this month. This month will be a challenging month for you. Because this month, I want to, I want to challenge why you believe what you believe about God. For years of my life, I came to church and said I was a Christian without any idea of who God was. Anybody with me on that one? But I want us to challenge that. See, the enemy will bring you doubt, but sometimes God will use that doubt to cause you to search. And when you search, you find. So I want to know him, and I have to come to the truth that maybe the way that I think about God is not really who he is. Maybe the way I portray God is not really how he wants to be portrayed. I don't want to think that I can see, but the whole time I've been walking with spiritual scales over my eyes. 
I don't want to be blind to the things of God. So the problem with blindness is that we miss the fullness. If we're walking with these scales, we may see a little bit of who God is, but we'll never see the fullness of who God is. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 14 says, As we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We cannot figure God out with natural eyes. Can't do it. That's why we come into a church like this and we're like, why are they, why are they singing so loud? Why are they lifting their hands? What is wrong with these people? Like, I don't even feel anything. It's because some people, it's been revealed to them. The goodness of God has been revealed. So they don't, they're not responding to what they see in the physical, but they're responding to what's been revealed, revealed spiritually. So to, to the, those in the natural, when I say, oh, our church is going to blow up, we're not going to fit here in two, three years, they're like, oh, you're crazy. But those who are spiritual discern spiritual things. And so they, oh, I get it. I'm with you. Right? But we cannot figure God out in the natural eye. Sometimes faith is not logical. It's not logical for a woman who is past her childbearing years to have a child. That's not logical. It's not logical that you would find someone who wants to persecute the church and use that man to grow it. That's not logical. Sometimes the things of God are not logical, and the way that he moves is not logical, because what is logic to us? Logic to us is I want to come to church, I want to have my hour to hour 20, and I'm out, and that is my relationship with the Lord. But that's logical to you, but the things of God are not logical. So God will reveal himself in a moment where you think worship is done. Or he'll reveal himself in a moment where you feel like you're in your darkest place. Because that's how he operates. If you want to see God move, remove the scales from your eyes. Because it's not that God isn't here. It's not that God isn't moving. It's not that God isn't doing something. It's not that God isn't speaking to you. It's not that he's, try- it's not that he's hiding from you. It's that you're blind still. And so all these things are happening in the spiritual realm around us, but we can't see them because we're looking through the natural eye. Is this making sense to anybody? Romans 1, 19 through 20 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his in- invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. See, we will walk in darkness and not even know it. We will come to church and not even know that we're living in darkness. We'll say that we're Christians. We'll say we're religious. We'll we'll say all these things and not even understand that we're living in darkness. And God is revealing himself to us every single day. It's like, man, God, could you just give me a sign? My gosh, can you just go outside and look at the sky? Could you just go outside and look at the things he's created? Is that not a sign for you enough? Could you you think about how you were conceived and how how you were created in the womb? And now you're here a living, breathing creature with a soul and a mind and emotions and you still question that there is a God and that he's searching and that he's speaking to you what sign are you looking for because it's everywhere we're searching for these things and God is like I'm right in front of you but you have blinders on I just see what I want to see I just I just feel what I want to feel I surrender what I want to surrender because of my blinders These scales over my eyes that if they were just to be removed, we would see the fullness of who he is. But what are these blinders? I believe sin and religion are the worst scales that we can walk with. They cause blindness in the things of God. Because of these things, we put God in a box of how we think he should treat us. How we think he should respond to us, how we think that he should give us what we're praying for, and when we pray for it, the timing of it. We 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 put God in this little in this little box in our own little head, and God, this is all that you can do. And anything beyond that must not be God, because I'm uncomfortable with it. But these things, we put God in these boxes, but but that that can't be done. God is greater than we can imagine. Do you, I'm not, am I the only one who ever struggles with doubt? 
No. We all struggle with doubt. Why? Because he's indescribable. Because he's so great that we can't fully understand him. But we can still fully experience him. I may not understand the things of God fully. I may not understand the truth. Nobody can. But you can know him personally. You can know his voice. You can know his leading. You can feel his spirit. Just because we can't hear him, full, we, don't, we can't understand him in the fullness because he's so deep and he's so wide and he's so complex. That's why doubt creeps in. But sometimes we doubt it and I'm like, man, he's so big that I'll never understand. And there's a weird thing about that that, that puts faith in my heart. Like there's something weird about that that's like, okay, you know what? Okay, God, I don't get it. And I'm not going to, but I'm going to trust you. But religion and sin are these things that they, 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 they hide God from us. Religion hides God from us. Religion will, will tell you, oh, if you want God, you have to do this, this, and this. You have to do the rights and, and don't, don't, don't break this rule and don't break that rule and have your traditions. And, and, and that's, that's how you're going to know God. It's through your tradition and your religion. But that hides God. See, tradi- or religion, tradition, and sin will hide God, but it's the Holy Spirit that reveals God to us. It's the Spirit of God that, that shares us what God is like and what are, what are His likenesses. And this is why I tell everybody that we come across as a church that you, you, can, you can know Him. Like, come on, like... I'm thinking, we were sharing this in prayer yesterday, that, that this church is going to make a big impact in this, in this area, in this region, but it's going to start with once we understand that, it, that our impact doesn't start or stop in the building. It starts when we go out and we realize, okay, he can speak to me. I can do what I've been called to do. I can do what he's asking me to do. I don't have to wait for a release from the pastor. Listen, don't wait. People are like, well, let's do an outreach. It's like, okay, go do one. We should start praying for the sick on the street. Go do it. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. It lives in you. Religion will say, no, 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 you got to do it through the church, and you got to do it through the program, and you, you got to do it the right way. No, 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 that's not what we say. Do what God has called you to do. Just do it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. I'd rather say yes to what I think is God and be wrong than to say no to what I think is God and be right about his voice. I want to say yes to God. If God is calling you to do something, you are fully equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's calling you to do. But religion will hide that from us. Because we've been hurt by the church, or we've been hurt by people, or we've been hurt by family, or words that have been spoken, or we've, been, we've locked ourselves into this system of, well, this is how it has to go, and if anybody's going to get healed, it has to be in the church and on stage, or anybody's going anybody's to get saved. The crazy thing about the church when it was first growing is people didn't get saved in the church. They got saved outside of the church, and they got into the church. God has fully empowered you to know who he is, but religion and sin will blind us. It will blind us, but God wants us to see. He wants you to see. It was more important to Jesus that Paul could see spiritually than physically. So Jesus had to give Saul this moment of darkness to lead him to this revelation of who he was. It was in this moment of darkness that Paul had a moment of surrender. Saul had just accomplished his dreams. Saul, Saul's heart was, was burning with, 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 I guess, anger at, at the time to just destroy the church. And he was saying, man, I'll do anything to stop what they're doing. And sure enough, he gets approval to go to these churches and to drag them out and to put them in prison. Now, to us, that's harsh, and it's like, it's, it's evil. But think about if you're Saul. That's like, man, all right, I did it. I made it. Here we go. His dream, was, his, his dream came true. The problem with his dream, it was, it, it was that it was the opposite of what God wanted to do. So what Jesus did is he put Saul through a moment of darkness to get him to understand that the dreams that you have are actually the dreams that are against the plan I have for your life. 
And so I'm going to allow you to go through this so that your spiritual eyes can be open to the revelation of who I really am and what you're really doing. Isn't it funny that we will force God's hand in our life? We will, we will have our dream come true. And the moment of darkness, we're like, okay, Jesus, this must be wrong. You've got to help me push through my dream. You've got to help me push through what I, what I want to do and where I want to go. But he's saying, no, 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 no. I'm saving you. He will allow us to go through dark times so that we can see who he really is. Most of the time, we're, we're, we're like rebuking the dark times. I shouldn't be going through this. I, no, 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 no. I just, I just got a promotion. I just got the raise. I just got the house. I just got, I got all these things that I want. God, it's my dreams coming true. He's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to knock you off your horse. Because the direction you're going is not where I want you to go. And so I'll, I'll allow you, he'll allow us to go through these dark times so that we can understand that, man, maybe, maybe that road that I was taking is not the road that he wants me on. Maybe that money I was making is not the money that he wants me to make at this time. Maybe those relationships that I'm pursuing are not the relationships he wants for me right now. Maybe God wants me on a different road. And so what he'll do in his mercy and in his grace and in his love is he'll put us through a storm so that we can see who he is. Look at the disciples when they're on the, they're on the boat and, and, and the storm came and, and Jesus comes in walking on water. We understand the story. Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking with Jesus on the water. And then, then he, he sinks, right? Everybody talks bad about Peter for sinking, but, but he took a couple steps at least, right? And, and so now they're all on the boat and, and what do they say? Man, this must, be, this must be the Lord. Jesus will let you go through a storm so that you can see him walk on the water. He'll let us go through dark times so that it can be revealed to, to us who he really is. See, he, he's, God is more concerned with your, spiritual, with your spiritual well-being than what we go through physically. If we're honest, can we be honest for a second with each other? If we're honest, a lot of our prayers are that our physical life would be comfortable, that our physical life would be supported, Right? Anybody with me? Come on. Me too. All right. Come on. Everybody's kind of like, I don't know. Like, should, where are we going with this, man? Yeah, no, no, no. We pray that we're healthy. We pray all these things for our physical life. But God is more concerned about what you're doing spiritually. How does your soul look spiritually? You may be fit physically, but how do you look spiritually? You may be, you may be supported and well off in the physical world, but how do you look spiritually? Because God is more concerned with where your spiritual life is at because, listen, this world is temporary. And He knows it. You know why He knows it more than we do? Because He is eternity. He is eternal. So He's like, man, why are you, why are you pursuing all these things that are going to be destroyed? When, when you die, you can't take them with you. When, 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 you, when you get sick, that's it. You, you may pass away. It may not work out for you. Why are you putting so much into this physical world when the spiritual is eternal? So he'll knock us off the horse and say, hey, that's not the way. That's not the way you're supposed to go. He's done it to me a lot of times. I, I, you know what I figured out? I, you want to hear a life hack for Christianity? Just listen the first time. I'm serious. Just listen the first time. I tell my kid, like, when I'm working with my kids, I'm like, son, you, you better, if you come right now, you will not get spanked. You will not get in trouble. I just need to talk to you. But I don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't want to. He starts, and he, you know how they do? They walk this way, like, away from you backwards. It's like, no, 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 son, come here. Because now you're getting one spanking, right? Just listen the first time. And then, I, then he gets spanked and he's crying like, how could you do this? My son likes to tell me this. He goes, <laughs> he'll say, Dad, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Come on, we can, we can work this out, right, Dad? Come on. They don't need to spank me, right? Just put me on time out or something. <laughs> but I, I, every time, every time I'm holding him, after he's crying, after we've talked, I said, son, if you were to just listen the first time, this would never happen. Like, if you, you would never get spanked if you listened the first time. But see, for us, we often go our own route with God. We often do our own thing. 
And then when, when God is like, God's not, his hand's not on it. He's not blessing it. It's not working out. We're like, God, what happened? He's like, should have listened the first time. I told you not to, I told you not to go there. If you would have listened the first time, you wouldn't have to go through that. You wouldn't have to go through that many breakups if you would have just listened the first time, right? You wouldn't have to be going through that thing in your marriage if you would have just listened to keep your mouth closed the very first time, right? Come on, is anybody with me today, right? Just listen the very first time. That is, that is the life hack of Christianity. Just be obedient to God. Be obedient. That's not even in my notes. Praise God. That's good. That's good, right? Amen. I'm like, I need that too. I'm going to take notes after it's on the podcast. <laughs> Write that one down. But Paul had physical scales so that he can see spiritually. God allowed him to go through this moment of darkness to, re- to bring revelation to his spirit. Sometimes the dark times are okay. Sometimes the trials are okay. Because in those trials, we see the power that we would not have seen if we never went through it. But God wants us, there's a moment, there's a moment of coming out of darkness. There's this moment of our, our, the scales finally fall off and, and, and things begin to look differently. But, but have you ever woken, been, been, been woken up in the middle of the night by a bright light? Or woken up and somebody turned the lights on? Or you haven't woken up yet and they turn the lights on and then you wake up? That's the worst. I was about to like go off on a tangent with my pet peeves, but I'm not going to do it. But how uncomfortable is, is the light when you open your eyes after, been, after you've been asleep for a long time? Ah, sweet. Or like when you turn your alarm off on your phone. <laughs> you, know, you, you ever do that? It's super bright, so you're just like, it's like trying to figure out where things are at. No, it's just me. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, all right. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and get on out of here. But how uncomfortable is that bright light? It's like, gosh, just turn it off, man. Ah, stop. Or you ever walk into a dark room that you maybe in your house you haven't been in, and you turn the light on, and it's like just a big mess. And so the best solution is just turn the light back off. <laughs> and just keep on moving. All right, get to that later. No visitors in that room tonight. <laughs> but coming out of darkness, if we're honest, is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. When we've been in religion for a long time, and, and we see how, how, how God moves differently than we expected, it's uncomfortable. It's like, ooh, they're doing that? Ooh, that's weird. That's, that's awkward, right? <laughs> right? That's weird. Or, or, or like, man, it's just, it's, I, I see all the things that I used to do, and they're not, they're not right. It's uncomfortable. When, when God reveals himself to you, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Because we, we begin to see the ugly in our lives. So the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, right? And for me, I turn the light on, I'm like, oh, geez. My wife is blinded by love. <laughs> but you turn the light on, what do you start? You wash your face. You do all the things. You fix the issues, right? Because the light's been turned on. In our life, when, when our spiritual eyes are open, we begin to see the ugly in our lives. We begin to see, man, why am I talking to my wife like that? That's ugly. That's the flesh. Why am I, why am I being so, so short with people at my job? That, we begin to see these things. The light reveals who we really are. And this is how salvation starts. This is what conviction is. We don't like conviction because it's uncomfortable. We don't like when people talk about real issues. Like I talked about pornography last week, and it, w- it was like, oh, gee, like everybody just kind of like, <laughs> like we're in kids' church or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> but we don't like talking about these uncomfortable things. But this is conviction. Conviction will, 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 will bring a reality check to our life. And the Holy Spirit will say, ah, 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 that's wrong. What you've been doing, what you've been saying, that's wrong. And then he'll tell us, okay, let me show you how to do what's right. Let me walk you through the goodness of God and the mercy of God. We have to adjust the way that we see God. We have to adjust that. Actually, we're going to have a testimony today. I'm excited for this. I, 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 you all know him. He, he's a famous songwriter. No, I'm kidding. Not yet. But, but uh, me and David, if you want to come up, David's going to give his testimony today. And, and yeah, give him a hand. Help him out there. 
I think you have to turn it on. Turn it on, yeah. And so um, I'm going to, really what me and David have been talking about is just kind of the background that he came from, and, and um, I'm going to let you talk mostly. I just want to kind of preface it, I guess. But um, just the, the difference in, this, in, in really your spirit and what God has been doing in you. So go ahead and share. Okay, yes. Hello? Yep. Okay, so hi, I'm David, like you said. Um, well, just quick background. I grew up in the church my entire life. Like, I was born into the church, my family. Like, you know, every Sunday my dad was there, like, before they unlocked the doors, or he was the one that would unlock the doors, and we were there until everybody left. That's, that was my whole life. Uh, I wasn't saved until 2015. Um, I could give every answer. I told everyone I was a Christian for the longest time. But it, you know, like he said, the Lord reveals himself through darkness. And so it took a lot, and he really broke me and really just showed me how much I needed him. And it was completely amazing and fantastic. And I was really thankful to start grow, growing up with the people I knew for the longest time, but actually be their brother in Christ and actually understand for real God. Now, with that, I, I grew up in a church that, um, you know, I, I really do love my church family, but it's a lot more conservative in the sense of, you know, I would consider that there's the Trinity, right? You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But it was such a more of a focus on you have God the Father and Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it was, it was unspoken that, you know, the miracles, the, the things that, happen that we can't explain aren't really talked about and the way I work you, you literally said it today is like we can't figure out God I would you know I have to figure out God I would have to think about it I would obsess about it I wanted to know but didn't understand it and I'm like okay then I'll just slide that over there right so one of the things that God's really been working on me really for the last um, like year and a half two years is the Holy Spirit that he is in fact, the third part of God, he is just as powerful, just as mighty, and he's the one that dwells with inside of us. And, you know, miracles that happen. Like, um, actually, me and my wife were talking about it beforehand, and she was like, are you talking about, like, emotional healing, like, um, that the Lord heals you from? Like, no, I actually believe, and I, I have believed since I was saved, that, you know, God can heal you from addiction or from, you know, depression or whatever it is that you might be going for. But for some reason, my brain would be like, nope, he's not going to make that person's leg better or like, uh, you know, they're not going to get healed sick because the way I would process it was, you know, God's created man and God's given us good minds and he's helped us make medicine and that's how he heals people now. And I would put him in a box. God doesn't need to do that anymore. So I'm just going to take that part out of the process. I'm not going to accept that that still happens today. And the, just realizing more and more like what the Holy Spirit and how he speaks uh, has been very, very humbling. It's been very um, awe. You know, I don't have a better word except just pure awe of like watching how the Holy Spirit moves, how he heals in the service, seeing those people, knowing that that is in fact true, can and will continue to happen. And even with our worship, right? For the longest time, I would tell God how the worship service is going to go. Right? All right, Lord, these are our songs. We're going to stop at this point. We're going to go into this song. We stop at this point, go into this song. And now God's finally telling me, or really, I'm finally listening to God telling me how we're going to worship. Okay? So I'm so thankful for being in this church now of really just being able to follow the Spirit's lead and let the Holy Spirit lead our service, the Holy Spirit lead our hearts as we come together as a congregation because we need that so much. And it's just been such a blessing to be challenged. Um, you know, being challenged is not always fun, especially if you're the kind of person that wants to know everything. And you have to uh, surrender the fact that, okay, I won't know it, but I'm going to run towards it. Um, so that's just what I wanted to share with you all that. He, he said it over and over again, you can't put God in a box. And it seems like such a thing that we hear so often, sometimes we don't really think about it clearly. It was like, no, David, you cannot put God the Father who created everything, who always was and always will be, you can't tell him what he can do. <laughs> you, can't, you can't decide for yourself what's allowed to happen and what's not allowed to happen. He can do whatever he wants. He can take you wherever he wants. He will do anything, and it'll all be for his glory. So that's, that's just really what I wanted to share. Thank you. Wow. See, our, our, thinking, our thinking before we come to the Lord, before we have this encounter with the Spirit, we have this, this thinking, and, and I, I would say it's a little bit warped and a little bit, um, yeah, like 
okay, God, you can only do so much in my life. Like, think about, think about Saul. Saul. Saul was literally putting God in a box, saying, no, 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 what, he's do, what, what just happened with Jesus and, and these people of the way, that's not God. That can't be God because it's not familiar with the religion that we've been raised in. It's not familiar with what I learned and what I grew up in. So what they're doing in the way, it can't be God, so i got to go stop it. And God stops them on the way and says, no, no, you have to adjust the way you think about me. You have to adjust the way you think about God. See, sin teaches us this, this terrible, terrible thing that we have to run from God. And so when, when we're, not, we're not close to him, we don't understand him, as soon as we fall, where do we go? We go into hiding because of our warped thinking. Say, okay, God, I mess up. You must not want anything to do with me. And so we run and we hide, and this is what sin has taught us. But religion has taught us that we have to earn God's love. Okay, I got to do this, I got to do what's right, I got I to come to church, and I got to be on time, and I got to look good, and I, and I, and I got I to say these prayers, and all, and then I'll be right with God, but, but you got to change the way you think about God. I was thinking about this, now, I, I'm not going to say much about any specific religions, but anytime you have to repeat a prayer over and over and over again for that to be your relationship, it sounds like a very boring relationship. I'm like, what if me and my wife, all we did was say the same exact things to each other every single day? be very irritating. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. I'll pick up your clothes. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. That's mean. She doesn't tell me that. She's, she's the best. But our thinking has to change. See, we have to adjust. We have to adjust the way that we see God. When it comes to our church services, we're, I'm not running the service. I'm not. That's why when after worship, I'm like, guys, we need to pursue God because I can't preach without him. I'm not going to preach a message when the Holy Spirit is not here. It's not going to happen because I need him. We, our worship services, the way they run, if you can't remember it, when we first opened, it was like three songs, 15 minutes, we're done. We're out of here. We're learning. We're all learning together on how we worship, how we praise, and how we pursue God. And now it's like, man, we don't want worship to stop. We want to keep going. Why? Because we've given it to him. Say, Lord, you handle it. You do what you want to do. You move how you want to move. Because we've adjusted the way that we see God. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. God is loving. He's forgiving. He's kind. He's patient. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at all times. God is so great. How can we put him in this place say God you can only do what I think you can do talk about cancer well let's just pray the medicine helps them no no let's pray that they get healed well let's pray this person goes through therapy and their mind gets right no no let's pray that they get restored and the Holy Spirit touches their mind and touches their heart and they change forever but we don't think that way because we put God in a box our scales over our eyes say, okay, God, you can only do so much. You've got to readjust that. You've got to readjust the way that you think about God. When we come into this church, I'm telling you, for me, as a, as a, as a PK, I've grown up in church my whole life, I'm coming to the point where God, help me to readjust the way that I look at you, the way that I see you, the way that I pursue you. I want to be uncomfortable. And I've grown up in a movement where, a Pentecostal movement, you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. I've grown up in that. But he's doing something special. He's doing something new. And if you want to receive it in its fullness, you've got to get those scales off your eyes. And you've got to say, Lord, I want to readjust the way that I see you. But listen, we also have to readjust the way that we see ourselves. When we come into, when we come into salvation, relationship with the Lord, listen, we are a new creation. We are a new creation. How many of us still hold our sins against ourselves when God has already forgiven us? How many of you married folks hold your sins against your spouse even though God has already forgiven them? How many of you hold your grudges against your kids, against your family, even though God has already forgiven them? See, we, we portray onto people how we feel about ourselves. So if God can't forgive me, I can't forgive them. Now we'll never say it, but that's how we live. But his, his, the fact that Jesus came into this, this earth reveals your value. The fact that he paid such a high price for us reveals your value. It reveals to us that, that he sees something in me. There's something about you that God just loves. Now I don't know what it is. 
I'm just kidding. You're, you're all great people. <laughs> but there's something about us that God loves, and he's, he wants, he, he paid the price for you because you're valued. Your identity is no longer linked to who you were or what mistakes you made or the failures that you did. That is not your identity anymore. Your identity is a new creation, a son and daughter of the Lord. But we tie ourselves to our old, we, we tie ourselves to our old behaviors. There's this quote, I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits. Has anybody heard about that book? It's honestly a really, really good book. I'd encourage you to read it. But it's basically how to break habits, and it's not really from a spiritual perspective, but he does, he's writing biblical truths, and, and he, he has this quote. He said, your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. What you do is an indication of the type of person you believe that you are. The type of person you believe, you say, why do I keep falling? Why do I keep sinning? Well, who do you think you are? Why do I keep going there? Why do I keep saying that? Well, who do you think you are? My biggest breakthrough in my struggle with my sin, the biggest breakthrough that I ever had was when the Lord told me to, every time I was tempted, even when I fell, to say, that's not me anymore. Every single time I would get tempted. No, 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 that's not me. That's not who I am. No, I'm not going to do it. Even if I did fall, okay, that's not who I am anymore. I'm not that person. When I want to say something mean to my wife, anybody with me? That's not who I am anymore. That's not what I say anymore. That's not how I talk anymore. When I want to be upset with people and and hold bitterness and grudges, that's not who I am anymore. I'm new in Christ. I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of character. I'm a man of power. I walk with the Holy Spirit. I know Him. So that's not me anymore. Some of us need to start saying that about ourselves. God has saved you. He's forgiven you. You're good. Your slate is clean. That is not you anymore. You're not your past. You're not your mistakes. You're not your failures. Take the scales off your eyes and let God reveal your true identity that you're valued and you're loved and you're called but with a purpose and meant for more. Well, I'm happy with that. Praise God. Jeez. Man. I'm over here dying. Can I get a little help here? Actually, I would love some more water if possible. I only have 18 more points and then we'll be out of here about 6 o'clock, all right? Guys, just when we see God in a new way, He reveals our identity. Some of some of us, listen. Some of you guys, can I say this nicely? I'm gonna say it nicely because I, I don't want to be mean. Just speak life over yourself. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's what you say. Oh, I'm always gonna struggle with this. The, 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 the book says, says it this way, that there's two smokers. And the major difference between breaking an addiction and not breaking it is one smoker will say, no, I'm trying to quit. And the other one will say, no, I don't smoke. You see the difference? No, 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 that's not me. No, I know you want me to say that. It's not me. I know you want me to go there. That's not me. Speak life. I'm not who I was. I'm, listen, I'm not who I was yesterday. And neither are you. Your identity in Christ is new. But I'm closing with this thought right here. Is new perspective. We have a new perspective because we have a new position. When the scales remove are falling off our eyes, if oh, my, my wife's not in here. Oh, no. What am I going to do without her? <laughs> somebody tell her how much. How, somebody tell her afterwards that I need her so much and that I admitted it over the stage today. You're like, wow, you never tell her that? <laughs> it's mean. <laughs> oh, I love my wife. We have a new perspective because we have a new position. It's, it's, it's insane when you think about this story. Saul, this man who was on a hunt for Christians, he hated them. He says it. He says, I, I burned with hate. I was just, I couldn't stand them. But all of a sudden, the encounter with God opens his eyes and he goes from hate to love. Think about how insane that is. Imagine if your spouse walked in one day and immediately they went from who they were to somebody new. How insane would that And That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you right now, that could happen to you today if you would surrender. But imagine that Paul, Saul is on this road. He, he, has his, he has the letters. He's ready on this mission and knock, gets knocked off the horse. And now he goes from hate 
to love. He goes from rebellion to obedience. He goes from pushing against God to surrendering to God. All because of encounter. See, listen, every one of us will have an encounter with God. Every one of us will have that moment, that, that aha moment of, oh, he is real. But how do you respond to that moment is what makes the difference. Because some of us will say, okay, well, well I got the goosebumps and it feels good. And, and man, that song really hit home with me. But you go home the same. But an encounter with the Lord is there to knock us off our horse. Okay, now what will you do? Now, how will you respond to this? To, this? to this encounter, to this moving of the Spirit, to this reality check in your life? How will you respond? See, if I truly see God, my life will change. If I respond to this truth of who God is, then it's revealed in the way that I respond to people, in the way that I act with people, in the way that I treat people. In the way that I talk about myself and the way I talk about others, it's revealed in every aspect of my life. But how will you respond? The scripture says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. It's this, it's this very important truth that if there is true faith, there will be change. That's why you can go to church and not have faith. And your life is the same. You could pray and, and you could worship, but not be fully surrendered, fully surrendered, but nothing's changed. Why? Because there has to be a true encounter and a true level of surrender. Everything changes in this new position that I have with God. My trials, my struggles, they change. I realize that I may be going through it, but I'm not going through it alone. I'm not by myself. The way that I walk becomes differently. It's different. The way that I talk, it's, it's, all, it's all changing. I walk with intentionality, knowing that my life makes a difference, knowing that I have a purpose. I walk in authority, knowing that the devil has no control over me. Can I, I'm going to be very, 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 very transparent with you. My biggest worry is my kids. I'm, sh I'm sure you can relate with me. But before we came to Texas, I had dreams, and the devil was telling me in my dreams, or it was a demon or a devil, I don't know who it was. It wasn't good, though. It wasn't God, that's for sure. He started telling me, I'm going to take your kids. I'm going to take your kids. They're going to be mine. Oh, my gosh. You, 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 I don't know if you understand. Maybe you do, but it, it, it broke me. I didn't want to come. There was a moment just in this past couple weeks, can I be open? There was a moment. Where I was on my knees praying to the Lord like I normally do. And he said, you need to surrender. I said, God, what am I holding on to? What do, you, what, do you want me to? what do you want from me? He said, I want your kids. Oh, my gosh. And I realized because I've been so afraid because I said, if I give them to you. I've heard these stories of these pastors who've lost kids and these pastors whose kids have gotten sick and all these things. And, I'm, and honestly, can I be honest with you? I said, Lord, I never want to get, I never want to have their level of ministry if I have to pay that price. Because I don't want my kids to get sick. I don't want them to die. I don't want to lose them. So what did I do? I began to control it. Lord, you could have, you could have, you got my marriage. <laughs> you could have... <laughs> God, you could, have, you could have my house, you could have my money, you could have all these things, but not my kids. And there was this moment of surrender, and in that moment, he began to tell me, do you really think that you can do better with them than I could? But a new position gives us new perspective. This, this authority, now they're in the hands of God. I have authority. Devil, you have no power in my home. You got no power in my house. You, you, you can't take my, those are, those are not even my kids. They're God's kids. And good luck trying to get them from him. I walk in this authority. Can, can you begin to say that over your marriage? Devil, you can't have my marriage. Devil, you can't have my finances. You can't have my home. You can't have my family. Walk in the authority that's been given to you. You are a new creation. You have a new position. The scales have fallen off. I see God. I see who he is and I have this authority. And because I have this authority, I walk in power. Where I go, things change. 
I'm not afraid to go to the family parties because when I show up, God shows up with me and things change. I don't, I'm not worried about who comes to church because guess what? When I show up, so does he. He comes with me and he walks with you. Where you go, things change. Walk in the power. Don't be intimidated by people who will talk bad about you. Don't be intimidated by people who will say, oh, you're spiritual now. Oh, you're doing, yeah, yeah, I am. And you want it, you're sick? Watch yourself get healed because I walk in the power and I walk in the authority. This is what happens when the scales are removed from our eyes. Things begin to change. It all, it's all different when the scales fall, but you've got to surrender what you think about God and how you think he can work and what you think he should do and say, Lord, I give up my rights to my mind. And I say, Lord, you tell me who you are. I'm shouting way too much today. If it's your first time, I don't yell all the time, but I'm excited. Oh, man, thank you. I need that splash of water in my face. I forgot who we were talking to. It was one of the sisters in our church actually moving away. And, uh, man, these testimonies just, oh, gosh, I didn't even know this was going to happen. <laughs> she uh, comes up to me, and she's like, uh, she's, they're moving away. I'm like, man, why are you moving? We're going to miss you guys. Just stay. Forget the job out there. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But she comes up to me, and she, she doesn't even realize how this impacted me. She goes, I need help finding a church where we're, we're moving because ever since I encountered God here, I can't go back. I can't go back. I, I can't go back to what I used to think church was. I can't go back to the box that I put him in. I have literally, and I'm telling you this to testify of the goodness of God because I was a religious, prideful individual full of sin and rebellion, but the, by the grace of God, he broke everything out of my life. But I have come to the true place where I found this treasure. I found this treasure. And I've, I'll give up anything to obtain it, to hold on to him. I'll give, I can't go back to way, the way it used to be. I can't go back to hiding in sin. I can't go back to my marriage being the way that it was. I can't go back to, to being rebellious and stubborn to the things of God. I, where I'm at now, I cannot go back. My eyes have been opened. I've tasted and I've seen. And I cannot go back to the way that it was. But listen, there's more and I want to see it. Do you? Do you want to see it? Are you willing in your own life to give up every single thing that you hold on to with your own power and say, God, it's yours. I just want you. Because until you get to that moment, you're going to be knocked off your horse a lot. Remember, Christian hack. Just listen the first time. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.